0: I have a treat for you, and I say that with all the podcasts I do, but I do have a treat for you because I get to talk to my friends, and one of them joining me today is trainer, sales guy, just a great guy to talk to, Andy Solomon, and you can find Andy on LinkedIn at Andy J. Solomon. Andy, how are you doing today, man?
1: Hey, man, I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me on your show today.
0: The Intentional Encourager podcast. Now, I want to start here because a lot of sales guys, I was in sales for a lot of years. You're a sales trainer. There are a lot of salespeople right now, especially because, and we're talking about that because that's something we know intimately. Mm -hmm. A lot of salespeople are, are in uncertain times. I think a lot of them have probably never been in times like we're facing right now in the midst of this pandemic that we're in. As you're talking to salespeople and you're talking, you're having these conversations, what are you hearing from them? What are some of the things that they're telling you about their state of mind, about how they're feeling in the midst of this thing?
1: Well, you know, it's... It hasn't been easy, I can tell you that much. I mean, it, you know, just the way it's kind of been over the past few months, um, it's been new new news every day. And you just kind of, you know, that word uncertain certainly seems to be um, a buzzword right now, but it's the absolute truth. It's uncertain times because you just don't know. Um, in my industry, we've been fortunate enough in many states that our customers Um, being contractors, builders, et cetera, um, were considered, you know, essential. So they were still able to work in most states, but not all. Um, But we've had our challenges to deal with as far um, as personnel um, working on uh, with lighter staff and uh, just needing to fulfill um, the orders and the business of our customers who are out there working. But um, it hasn't been easy. I know um, that Everybody has been uh, communicating together, working well with management. I know that our leaders, our sales leaders here have been doing a good job of communicating, keeping the team uh, you know uh, with the right mindset, the right frame of mind, and focused on the tasks. Um, something that we 've kind of done is we took taken advantage of the opportunity to Um, put together some additional training um, just to to take advantage of some of that downtime to help reinforce some of the knowledge to be able to do their job. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd have to say that the mindset has been pretty positive, but at the same time, it's also been, yeah, this is a real challenge and we're just trying to figure this out every day, like everybody else.
0: From a training standpoint, and there's a couple of different ways you can go with it, Andy, because you can, you can say, we're going to reintroduce, information you may already know we're going to refresh renew so to speak and then there's okay here's new information for you that we can plug in when you think about that are your people more receptive to refreshing information or new information
1: I think everybody appreciates learning something new. Um, You know, refreshes and reinforcement, if they're not done in a fresh way, then they almost feel like, yeah, I've been here, done that. So um, you have to almost present it in a new way. I don't necessarily know that we've actually done that with the refreshing material that we've put out there. Um, But at the same time that we've uh, put that material out there, we've done a pretty good job of introducing some new material. I know particularly um, we introduced a new product Mm -hmm. Um, to the market, which we actually had slated to be uh, rolled out and delivered during live classroom training sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, We had to pivot and bring those trainings um, to a more virtual uh, setting, which we've done, and actually that's been pretty awesome. We've done them right here uh, on Zoom, and uh, I've had a lot of fun uh, making that interesting and diverse um, and engaging through that training atmosphere. But also one of the key things that's kind of happened is um, just because there's been so much volatility in the market as far as, you know, who can do work, who can't do work, what you know, um, buyer confidence being low as far as wanting to do projects for their homes, et cetera. Um, also with like the small business loans and these different things that have been out there kind of as relief, um, it's been educating our customers on how they can conduct business uh, in a social distancing environment. So a lot of our contractors. They sell face-to-face. They go in the home and they sell face-to-face, but they have to learn now how to sell virtually. Yeah. Online. So educating our salespeople to be able to educate their customers on how to do that has been kind of the new information that we've brought to the market. So it's been transferring some other webinars that we've seen other sales trainers do, mm-hmm. bringing that material to our salespeople so they could then share that with their customers.
0: Well, and Andy, here's the thing too about content and around content. Okay. Is that you know right now ESPN is doing this last dance thing with, with the, the 98 Chicago Bulls. They were going to release it in June. They've released it now because they've got to put content into the marketplace. A lot of people would say, okay, we've got to put content into the marketplace to stay relevant. You know, you, you see a lot of these classic NFL games, major league baseball games. I'm a sports fan. So you're going back and watching games that have already happened, information that has already taken place. It's just, Hey, do we have to have content? Is there a temptation to put content out for content's sake? Or is it, Hey, we want to give you something, that's going to keep you stimulated. It's gonna keep you engaged and keep you involved in the midst of this thing. Cause you talk about virtually, sometimes it's hard for people that are visual learners not to put their hands on it, to touch, taste, smell, feel a product. So how has that content delivery been different for you in still recreating that, that feeling that you wanna create?
1: okay yeah so it's 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 it's, we we're lucky that we kind of got it right from the beginning uh me and uh sean who's the 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 vp that i report to um we kind of came up with a plan on how we were going to pivot and kind of present this um to our sales team and roll it out and when you're in the classroom setting you know you have your um instructor-led kind of classroom setting. You have your your PowerPoint, uh, you have samples, you're kind of walking through, going through the slides, everybody's in the same room together. There's that energy and there's that kind of intimacy that's hard to recreate when, when you're online. And one of the fears that you have when you present online, especially in a webinar setting, is that you just don't know who's paying attention. Um, they could be answering emails on their phone. Um, It becomes monotone when you have one speaker just droning on through the presentation. So your mind just naturally tunes out and starts tuning into your thoughts and you start getting, becoming distracting. So this virtual setting, Zoom's done a really good job because what we've done is we kept them small. So we split the groups into smaller groups. Um, We have all the cameras turned on, we have split screens. So on one half of the screen, you have everybody there with their camera turned on so you can see everybody. And on the other half, you have your, your presentation. Um, obviously, it's, it's creating uh, the dialogue to where it's not just one speaker droning, but you're asking questions. You're getting feedback. The content itself um, is spurring conversation. And then you, you have to, we, we've mixed up our speakers. So instead of, you know, it was a, it was a basically a 10-hour training split between two days in the classroom. And what we've had to do is take that down to about two and a half hours, split over four days, um, which still is a long time. but. It goes by pretty fast because we use multiple speakers within one session. So we have different people delivering content. We'll uh, use video as well. So we bring video into it. So um, you can watch some video, then we'll cut to like a PowerPoint, we're rolling through some slides talking, then we'll stop, maybe do a little bit of a role play, have a conversation. So it's mixing up all these different uh, types of engagement. And that's what I think helps has helped make this a very successful uh, launch of the product, given the current circumstances and uh, been worthwhile overall.
0: Andy, you you have been involved over the years in sales, and I want to kind of take folks through your story right now, your, your point A to point B story. You know, was there a point in time in your life, take me back, you know, early on when you decided, hey, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. I want to get into sales and doing sales training and things like that.
1: Well, yeah I have a hard time uh narrowing this story down <laughs> to uh, something that will keep us within the time frame of uh keeping the interest of your listeners go ahead um, man it's, it's it's' your it's It's your podcast dude go ahead <laughs> thanks I appreciate that um, no you know i've always had a good um emotional intelligence i've always been very good with people i've always understood people i've always been able to communicate well and i've always had this kind of innate uh, quote unquote sales ability. So for a long period of time in my life, you know, sales and sales jobs are so easy to get that I just kind of bounced around between a lot of jobs when I was, when I was younger. And, uh, at, at one point, um, you know, uh, ended up actually meeting my wife and, uh, she is from Poland. Okay. And I went to Poland for several months, um, about three months. And then, uh, we got engaged and, uh, came back to the United States. And, um, I kind of realized that, life needed to get a little bit more stable. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I was working for a mortgage company at the time. Um, they That's what allowed me the flexibility to be able to go away for three months and come back to a job because you're just renting space within a mortgage company as a sales loan officer, right? Um, but things kind of shook up at that job and I actually uh, ended up walking home after I left that job and started applying at a bunch of different places as I was walking home. And I uh, came across this uh, remodeling company and walked in and sat down with the owner and he interviewed me on the spot and we had a discussion and um, I actually got in uh, as a kind of entry level management position, managing a group of field marketers. And that kind of got me in a situation where I was teaching people and managing people. So that was a good taste of that. And through that role, I worked my way up to actually running that marketing department. This is over a period of seven years. Um, but over that period of seven years, um, to supplement my income uh, as well, I did in-home sales. And that is a, 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 a real uh, solid way to learn how to sell when you're doing in-home sales in the yeah. construction remodeling industry. I learned a one-call close. Um, it's not something I would necessarily um, do today. I think there's better ways to do it. I still believe in asking for the order. Um, yeah, okay. But anyways... But you. So, but I want
0: to. I want to park on something there for a minute, though. Sure. You kind of went into that the old-fashioned way, so to speak. Of you sat down with the owner of the company, and you had a conversation, and he hired you because you just went in and basically said, "Hey, I, I'm going to go do this the hard way." It's not like today where you send. Twenty-five resumes on ZipRecruiter, or you you do it this way. You actually had to beat the streets looking for looking for something to do. What did that teach you about perseverance in in, in your in your later years? Because I, I see you calling on that experience, and I, I see in your face, man, it, it was like that was a moment for you that was real defining and, and really taught you going forward a lesson that you would keep the rest of your life?
1: Well, look, I mean, prior to meeting my wife, prior to having that moment, uh, you know, I had put myself through a lot of struggles as far as being my own worst enemy, you know, um, just with different types of challenges, you know, um, not really focusing on the positives in life, just kind of allowing certain things to uh, drive me in, in, in a different direction to where if I didn't change my life, um, you know, hey, I think, uh, I, I think I'm just so grateful that I met my wife, because she really, um, I was already on kind of this path of kind of, Rechanging, kind of doing a 180 or a 360 overhaul, but she really also helped provide a bit of that encouragement uh, to help me start striving and changing my life and going into a more positive direction. Then it was the, um, you know, starting to get more serious about my career, not just kind of relying on my natural ability to to be able to sell, um, but now actually having to become a professional. Um, And this is where that transition kind of started. So, As far as perseverance, um, I've always kind of just been very what's right in front of me and how do I just tackle this challenge that's right in front of me. Um, And I've always done a good job of being able to acclimate and adapt and just push forward um, and and tackle any type of challenge that I had right in front of me. So um, once I started learning how to uh, manage myself and start, um, you know, defeating or stop defeating myself. Um, I think then I really started becoming more successful in persevering.
0: And you know, that's amazing that you you talk about that that way too, because you're really changing your life. You meet the woman that you're your soulmate, but she's from another country. She's from another culture. You know, and, and a lot of people would say, "Well, you know, I, I'm from this area, and I want to meet this kind of girl because we have a lot of similarities." What did meeting your wife and going to Poland for those few months help you find out about yourself?
1: That really helped me find out that when I put my mind to something, right? When I had, when I, when that, when there's passion there, when there's a strong uh, desire that. I honestly can achieve and overcome anything to to achieve it because I was facing some definite uh, wrong choices at that time in my life. Um, I had recognized a little bit prior to meeting my wife that if I didn't make some changes, I might lose some of those uh, liberties. Let's just say they were. Yep. Um, so I had to make some changes. I had to make some decisions. I recognized that I had hit my bottom, I guess you would say. Um, and through kind of you know, within the first few months of going through those changes, I, I met my wife, and um, yeah, she was just a, a blessing, and uh, she really just kind of brought out brought out the best of me, as far as you know. Hey, you really can uh, straighten things out and line things up and accomplish things when you put your your mind to it. And so that was kind of a turning point in my life. Did she
0: force you into that strategic part of your brain? Because I'm watching you as you're telling your story, and you're you're very reflective you're very, you you, you, you think about the impact of your wife, but you also start to think about things. And, and I can just kind of pick up that, that I, you, you tapped into something else kind of, maybe she pushed you to that strategic part. Was it her influence that pushed you there or when you were starting to manage people and, and working for the, the small family owned company that you worked for, and having to go out into different directions. You mentioned doing in-home sales to, to to supplement your income. Is that, was it her influence or was it a combination of having to get strategic in other areas that caused you to tap into that part of your yourself?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, and, I've always been you know like i don't I've always been creative, I've always been strategic, I've always been you know smart, I've always had a good head on my shoulders, I've always had good street smarts um I've always had all of these really good qualities to be you know successful. I just chose not to use those qualities because I was defeating myself for so many years when I was younger. Um, so when I made that decision to change my life when i when I met my wife, it gave me a new purpose um, and, uh, gave me new stability. And I started channeling all of, you know, kind of my energy and focus and creativity and everything back into myself and into my career, um, which ultimately was to help support, you know, my new wife, my new life with my wife.
0: And you think about that and, and you go to that point in time in your life because and we're all there, right? We, we get married, we start this new family, And it's like, okay, all of a sudden, the pressure's on me to perform and and to do what I've got to do. You mentioned in-home sales. I did in-home sales for a while for for a university. It it really does sharpen your sword. What's the biggest takeaway that you still use today that you learned from that position of in-home sales?
1: You know, the biggest takeaway from that is being able to ask the right questions in a way that helps bring your buyer on a, on a journey to actually making a buying decision. Because when you're selling home improvements and remodeling projects, you know, very seldom do homeowners uh, go into that meeting thinking they're going to buy something. Um, but they want to buy something, right? They want to do this project for their yeah. home. Yeah. Um, and having that conversation and being able to talk to them and, 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 helping them come to that decision like, yes, I want to make this purchase actually now with this person in front of me because they've done such a good job of connecting with me and solving all of my problems and, and leading me on this journey that I trust this person to be able to make that decision today. Um, that's the biggest takeaway is um, just that connection you can make with people in a short amount of time if you follow the kind of right process within your, your, your sales you know,
0: conversations. Were you ever intimidated about doing the in-home thing? Because there were some, and I'll share this with you. When I was doing that, there were some houses that I walked up on. I'm like, oh no, am I at the right place? You know, because you walk in and and I I sold in West Virginia. So it it was like, okay, the GPS would take me down these, these hills and hollers. And I'm like, am I ever going to see my family again? you know, (laughs) you know, but you, you, you get there Were there, was there ever any trepidation in your mind about doing it or were you so task focused on, this is what I've got to do to get from point A to point B that you just kind of blocked that out.
1: I think I just blocked it out to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, you, you have some kind of uh, perceptions of your surroundings and you kind of are concerned or worried, but um I've never been one to let fear kind of drive me in that way. Um you didn't you the, didn't hide
0: shit you didn't hide a you didn't hide a pistol in your sock or anything like that, you know, a blade or anything to kinda protect yourself.
1: No, I might have <laughs> I might have walked a little I might have walked a little more softly or been more aware I know of my right surrounding. But, I know, right? But yeah. But yeah. No, so but um, overall, no. I think that the, uh, the that experience as well, and meeting different people and seeing how they live their life and becoming yeah, connected yeah. with them, it was that was a good time.
0: Your transition now—you're into sales training, and 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 you know, I, I, again, I want to I want to get to where you are now, but I want to keep moving with where you were. So you spend time with that family company. You're you're <laughs> now getting a taste of sales training. What was the next opportunity for you that really propelled your professional and and in some ways your personal growth?
1: So I'll just say that, you know, I started learning a lot about marketing, right? Because while I was in that role with the remodeling company, um, and this was, I believe, from 2007 till late 2014. So I was there for a little over seven years. Um, I had had you know a couple different roles working my way up I was field marketing manager then I came inside I was assistant marketing manager and then late and within those seven years I actually was running the marketing department a lot of that honestly had to do with the fact that I could do the job and we were right in the middle of uh, you know the the economy kind of collapsing right in, in, in that time that I kind of went there. So we had had to do some downsizing. Um, and that's where I kind of see some opportunity there because I had kept learning new skills. I had learned how to uh, do search engine optimization, build websites. I learned how to do different marketing things, I Learned how to do Adobe Illustrator. Um, I was good at obviously rehashing and setting appointments, the selling in the home. So I started just being like a sponge and taking in all these different types of skills um, that really the owner of the company um, saw that and kept moving me up. But there came a point to where, um, you know, that company um, was a bit longer in its tenure. Um, I could see kind of the writing on the wall that maybe um, things weren't going to be there forever. And I decided to make the opportunity and take the, the opportunity to um, get into a different, uh, you know, career move.
0: When you think about doing that, is is there anything that scares you about that particular situation? Because I, I was in food sales for 15 years, Andy, and I thought I was going to be a food guy for the rest of my life. And then I ended up leaving and going into a different career. And it taught me that I could transition, that the selling skills that I had were 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 transferable. They were able to go from place to place. You stepping from a field-based position, then now you're running a marketing department. What challenges did you have to overcome internally to say, Hey, I, I really am good at this. I can do this.
1: Yeah. Let's, 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 I'm going to try and help us progress a little bit through my career path to get to where I am today. Um, I lost you there for a second. So I lost my train of thought, but, um, I was at during the end of my career with the remodeling company. I was working a split shift. I was working, you know, like 7 a.m. in the morning till 12, right? Mm-hmm. Running the department. I had a four hour lunch. I'd come back at four and I'd work until nine, 10 o'clock at night. Um, that wasn't great, right? And I, and I also saw um, that it was just time for me to move on. Uh, the, the company just it wasn't in a growing position and I was still growing within my career. So I needed to go someplace where I could grow um, and continue working up because I had reached the apex of that company and it was time to go to a place that had a new ceiling that I could keep climbing. So that's when I went to work for a manufacturer of building materials products in 2015, and or yeah, late 2014, early 2015, and um, worked as a territory sales manager I did that for four years and what I saw is kind of all these different marketing skills, all these different passions that I had and all this creativity. Um, I started a YouTube channel called Edge with Andy. And what I did, this was at the beginning of 2018, I started making videos on YouTube that was uh, sales and marketing tips to contractors and builders. And I was posting on YouTube pretty regularly. My thought process was kind of multifaceted. One was, hey, if I help my customers grow their business through sales and marketing tips, that's gonna help grow my business. Two, Mm -hmm. it was if I gain further recognition in my industry as a thought leader, right, through YouTube, through social media and social selling, that would attract more customers to me and other opportunities within the industry. Mm -hmm. And three, it was one day, I'd like to get into sales training, I'd like to be a sales trainer, I see myself having that role, and I thought that was gonna be maybe 10 years down the road because I just thought I had to do more uh, to earn the credibility uh, to be given that type of opportunity. What happened that I didn't really expect to happen was that I started gaining all this exposure within my company, which is a national company, right? People at corporate who was in Ohio, I was at the time living in Maryland, they started seeing my content on YouTube. Um, they liked it. They were like, wow, this is totally different. Nobody else is doing this. Plus, I was having success in the position, right? I was being successful in the position, doing things differently, Um and my current you know, boss is my, my area sales manager and my, my regional sales vice president. They saw a lot of qualities uh, with me and in, 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 in me that after a year from, uh, of doing the, the YouTube videos and running my territory after being in that position for about four and a half years, uh, the director of sales training position came available at my company. Um, they encouraged me to apply. I did. I went through a series of interviews and um, you know, I landed that job a year after starting my YouTube channel, which I thought was going to be the beginning to a 10 year journey to, to be a, a sales trainer.
0: And that's awesome because again, we never know where the opportunities are going to come from, right? You're doing this, you know, thinking that, okay, well, you know, this is going to help me. This is going to help my customers. Little did you know that you were being you know, basically for all intents and purposes, you were being scouted and recruited on the back end for a position like that. Tell me something. Tell me the biggest obstacle or the biggest challenge that you've overcome personally or professionally in your career. Was it, was it getting past the hurdle and doing the YouTube channel? What was the biggest hurdle you overcame?
1: The, the biggest challenge is, is myself. And it's my internal challenges. It's that voice in my head that's telling me, um, you're not good enough or, um, you know, you don't know enough or you're just not there yet, or what are they thinking about you? What's the judgment? I have these, um, I don't believe there's any challenge outside of myself that can hold me back. I think the biggest challenge I have to overcome every day is myself. And that's just not, you know, um, talk to talk that's that's the truth i when I took this role I, I think I because I got the role a lot sooner than I thought that I would um, I dealt with some you know imposter syndrome um, where it was just man d- do I really belong in this position do I have the knowledge to share with these people and obviously everybody else believed in me before I did and it was just kind of these moments where I'd have And I still do to this day. I have periods of time where I totally believe in myself and I've got this 100%. But then other times there'll be these kind of thoughts that creep up into my head and they start kind of take over and they start having me question myself or being self-conscious about certain things. So I think the biggest challenge I face daily and still to this day is kind of overcoming those negative thoughts that I have within myself. Andy,
0: I appreciate your time. Last question I've got for you is... I love what you just said there, because I think there are a lot of people out there that doubt themselves at times and say, can I really do this? You know, I can't, am I up to the task? Am I up to par for this opportunity or this role or this situation that I'm in? What's the biggest piece of intentional encouragement that you can offer folks that may be feeling like that or to keep them from feeling like that so that they can get to where they really want to be? as you've gotten to where you want to be?
1: It's to A, believe in yourself. If you see that other people are believing in you, then you can trust that and use that to help believe in yourself. Because if other people see that in you, then you have those skills and you have those abilities. And if you don't think that you're where you need to be or that you feel that you need to be or know additional skills is to invest in yourself, to gain the knowledge, to close that gap, whatever that gap might be. Don't just learn haphazardly. Uh, don't just uh, consume random content or read just books, just to read books, uh, read, be purposeful, be intentional in the knowledge that you want to gain that you think is going to help propel propel you and your career. That's what I would say. Man, great advice.
0: Tell folks where they can find you, how they can connect up with you, because I know after this, man, they're going to want to connect up with you like I did and and just engage with you. And, and I, I tell you, man, Andy is an engager, um, one of the, the best guys I know personally and professionally. So how can folks get in touch with you, Andy, uh, on the different platforms that you're on?
1: Uh, I would say that you can go to uh, AndyJSolomon.com, right? So I have a a website there uh, where I've written a few blog posts, but it has links to all my social media accounts if you wanted to link off to those. Um, But where I'm probably the most active um. right now is on LinkedIn. So Andy J. Solomon on LinkedIn. I'm very active and engaging there, posting content regularly and really like to develop relationships there. Um, you can also find me on YouTube at Andy J. Solomon, where I've started sharing some videos there as well.
0: See, I think the J stands for just educate, man. Isn't that what the J stands for in your name? Just yeah. educate.
1: <laughs> it, 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 it totally does. I had to go the Samuel L. Jackson route because there's... there's There's already Andy Solomons and Andrew Solomons who own the internet, so I figured, well, I might as well try and own the J. Dude,
0: you, you're gonna own a lot more than the internet, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your friendship, and uh, thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Mead. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.